Hey, everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry, where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I am your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and co-host, Jose Angel. Well, today, uh, Jose will be leading our episode. He will be talking about a celebrity today. So, uh, how? first of all, how are you? I am doing wonderful, as always. Always wonderful to record with you. Oh, thank you. I can't lie, you know. Good to record with you, too. <laughs> Who are we talking about today? On today's episode, we'll be talking about an actress that some people might call a mean girl, maybe a diva, maybe even a bitch. Oh, but shit. We shall call her Leah Michelle. Okay, 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 okay. I'll try to figure out where you lead me in this maze. I didn't know who. Leah Michelle is mostly known for her role as Rachel Berry in the show Glee. I know we have talked about it before, but I can't remember. Are you or have you ever been a fan of Glee? Um, I don't I don't even know if it's a good or, or bad thing to be a former fan of Glee, but I, I really did for a couple years. I was hardcore on the Glee train. Okay, that's what I thought. My gut was saying that you were one of those people who were really into it, like read fan fiction into it type of fan. You know, I might have dibbled, I might have dabbled. I might have <laughs> hibbled, I might have habbled. Who knows? Yeah, I think I tried to get into Glee like years after because I heard it was about with Ryan Murphy, like he was a director or whatever. I don't know, maybe I missed it. I just found it fringy. I'm not going to lie. In later years, you definitely see that and it devolved. The storytelling got worse. You know, I was just like, what? We were in high school when it first came out. And, you know, I was 100% all about all the gay shit. So I I was obsessed (laughs) for a good couple years. And then they were just doing shit that just pissed me off. And so I eventually... Stopped really watching or doing anything associated with Glee uh, because it was just annoying me. All righty. I got most of my information from BuzzFeed and Insider.com, but really this is a story that came about on social media. Okay. Leah Michelle was born. Leah Michelle Sarfati, I believe it's pronounced. But- Sarfati. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Her name was either hard to say or she got made fun of it, so she dropped the last name and simply went as Leah Michelle. It was like, Leah's so farty. <laughs> Leah was born August 29th, 1986, making her a Virgo. Another Virgo to our list. Another pushy, demanding Virgo. Yes, and they are rude. And I say that with peace and love to all our Virgo listeners. Love you, Yance. Leah was born in the Bronx, but around four years old, her family moved to New Jersey. And once Leah started getting roles on Broadway, her family rents an apartment to help with the commute. And it was just at eight years old that Leah's cast as Cosette in the Broadway play Les Mis. From there, she is on a play called Rad Time from 1998 to 1999, a play about the Diary of Anne Frank in 2004, Fiddler on the Roof from 2004 to 2005. And those are pretty big plays. Mm-hmm. She was she was not out of work. <laughs> No, and without knowing anything about Broadway or plays, those are play titles that are pretty well known to the common people. Yes. While she was in high school, she didn't really audition that much, so that could explain the gap in some of 
these plays, but even if she was auditioning, she was still pretty accomplished. Like even if she was auditioning, but not getting the roles, she was still Mm -hmm. pretty accomplished. Like she had a lot of experience under her belt at such a young age. So after living a few years, like a normal teenager in 2006, she was in an off Broadway play called Spring Awakening. Not too, not for too long off Broadway. Yeah. Which soon became a Broadway play. And she was in that for two years until 2008. And she was nominated for a Drama Desk Award, which I did not know what that was until this episode. Yeah, it's like important in the Broadway hemisphere, I'm guessing. Yeah. Besides being in an episode of Third Watch in 2000, Leah Michelle's first TV appearance and what she is most known for was Glee from 2009 to 2015. And she was in that show for six seasons, which was 118 episodes. Yeah, she was the mainstay. Mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy wrote the role of Rachel for Leah after seeing her in Spring Awakening. And even though the role was allegedly written for Leah, she still had to audition. <laughs> Gotta keep these bitches humble. A funny thing during Leah's audition for Glee, she was singing a song and she claims the piano player messed up her song. So she tells him, you need to go back to the second verse. And the people just that people that are just watching her are just laugh it off because they think she's in character. And Leah plays it off and says that in a joking way, she says, Oh, that's supposed to be serious. Now I'm going to do it again. And you guys are going to try. So but this- I'm really serious. <laughs> Go back to that goddamn other part. Yeah, she was serious at first. You fucking bastard. You incompetent so- bastard. You non piano playing idiot. <laughs> fucking amateur. Shit. Yeah. <sighs> this moment that was almost like a diva moment worked in her favor. Leo claims on her way to her audition, she was in a car crash in the Fox lot. And when she got to her audition, she was still pulling glass out of her hair. Girl, been there. <laughs> I have been there. Not the audition part, but definitely that car accident pulling glass out the hair. That shit. <laughs> Ooh, get your reflective. And they asked her if she wanted to reschedule, but she was like, no, she wanted to audition that day. So after Glee and she releases some music, her single Cannonball in 2013 peaked at number 75 in the United States. And that's her highest single. She was in Stream Creams for 23 episodes. And I, I was about to say, how'd you like her in that? Because you watched that show. Yeah. I loved Scream Queens. It was another Ryan Murphy show. And her character was supposed to be different, like, from what she was used to. Now her character is like a neck brace and it was awkward. But when you watch Scream Queens, it's not really for Leah Michelle. She had some funny scenes, but Jamie Lee Curtis, Kiki Palmer, and Emma Roberts are really the stars of the show. Mm, this ain't Glee no more. yeah. Okay. She might have been like the big fish on Glee, but I don't think on Spring Queen she really was. So let's get to the reason we're all here today. On May 30th, 2020, Leah tweets out, George Floyd did not deserve this. This was not an isolated incident and it must end. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. And obviously that's in reference to the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. This tweet right here, there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like all the celebrities and people were doing tweets like this or sharing their opinion. Or support. Oh she's about the- to get fucking abbied. I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm guessing. I'm guessing she's about to get fucking abbied. Somebody said, I know she tweeted out that nice, respectful tweet. And somebody said, I know your ass ain't talking. 
<laughs> that's why I picked this one because Abby, <laughs> the same thing happened to Abby. It was oh like a uh, time of reckoning for some of these celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So nice tweet, but with Leah, it did backfire. Samantha Ware, who was Leah's co-star on Glee and who is a black woman, quote tweeted it. And in all caps, it said, LMAO, remember when you made my first television did a living hell? Because I'll never forget. Believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig. Amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. Before we move forward. Okay. I got a few questions of discussion. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> One, do you think this was the... This tweet was the time for Samantha to call Leah out. <laughs> I'm all for calling people out. But was this tweet the one to do it on? <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I don't know why this is it's not funny at all, but it's kind of crazy. I don't know. Here's the thing. Nah, not really, but... Would this black woman have been heard at any point in time at any other time period than now if she ever decided to confront Leah on what happened? Oh, maybe not. Yes. She took her chance when she saw somebody be somebody who had had thrown microaggressions her way during a working relationship that they had being hypocritical about a sensitive about a sensitive racial subject. And she was like, I've dealt with this and I've held my tongue until I've seen you do something that is not indicative of how you actually treat people of color. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of a, because the time, I mean, the thing about the George Floyd thing, I mean, and many deaths of, of black Americans is always a time of, well, let's, let's put the spotlight on, Black people in um, treating them better and giving them them flowers and not being racist and looking at their experience in the world. Every time a black person dies, we do this. So obviously this was a black woman who went unheard and she felt this was the time now when this woman who had definitely done things that uh, I felt I guess she felt that were uh, very racially tinged speaking on a very racially sub sensitive subject and she was like oh hell no yeah so I, I get it i get it too i'm at first i was like maybe you should wait a different time but yeah i think she saw her opportunity and she took it and it she probably in her mind is like i know this bitch ain't being hypocritical right now like trying to that performative activism aspect to it yeah because if you see that's what really pisses I mean first of all racism really pisses people of color off and black people off especially but when it comes to some of these black people speaking up you see how they've tried to hold their tongue when they didn't have to honestly they should be able to speak about their bad experiences with people being shitty towards them but they've held their tongue and have only spoken out once they see these people try to do some performative activism shit. Then they're like, oh, no, this is where the buck stops. We got to put you out on front street because you can't be both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So question number two is the comment that she would shit in her wig racist 
or was it just an offhand mean comment? She said other microaggressions and it wasn't listed. So I do not know. I don't know if we are missing context around the whole possible, the whole possibly shitting in the wig situation to say if that's racially, I don't know if that has racist underturn undertones to it. Maybe assuming that she had a wig and she wasn't wearing one. I don't know. I couldn't tell you because she didn't really give a whole bunch of context, but that's a crazy ass statement to say to anybody, period. It is crazy. Shitting my wig. And and that's what you realize as people get more richer and just further from reality and just smelling their own piss, they just say whatever insult comes to them. Yeah, and the shit in (laughs) a wig. Start thinking at least a better insult if you're bullying people or being rude to people. Okay, if this was not a Hollywood setting, I think shit in your wig would definitely be racist. It, you it's t- kind tell of, me, because I, I I just want to know. I, I think it would be more like, you know, a black woman's hair, like, oh, you're wearing a wig type of thing. Okay, that's what I was thinking. That was the only piece that made me think that uh, it was like that, because I couldn't infer anything else. Plus, I don't know who the Samantha is and who she played. It sounds like somebody in the later seasons. Yeah, she was on there for an arc. Let me look up her character's name because I took it out of here. The most important part? (laughs) Her character's name was Jane Hayward in the sixth season. Yeah, I was not watching then. (laughs) Not even close, not even wanting to. Now, but on the other hand, it's Hollywood. And I know a lot of these actresses do wear wigs. So that's why it could not be racist to me. Okay, was she wearing a wig? Do I need to look at this woman? I think I have. I mean, you can. I think you've made things clear that I have to. (laughs) Her name was Jane Haywood. Samantha Ware. Jane Haywood was the character. Samantha. So what? there you go glee show me what i want hmm this could be a wig but this very much so could be her real hair that's definitely a little microaggressiony i don't yeah and even if it ain't would her hair looking like such a natural black woman's hair the style that she was wearing in yeah i could see you not getting good vibes from old leah <laughs> Okay, well, this opened the floodgates, and the rest of this episode is just pretty much people replying shitting. to that tweet. <laughs> just shitting on Leah. Okay, <laughs> tell me. And it's everyone who seems to have bumped into Leah at some point or worked for her. And I did not include all of them in here, but this is most of them. Okay. Um, Jonte Godlock tweeted this out. Did somebody say cockroaches? Because that's what she used to refer to the background to the background as on the set of Glee. But we grow up and we don't stay background forever. So so referring to background actors as cockroaches. Kind of horrible. Yeah, that's definitely got racist undertones. Yeah, and she was blocked as well. But I don't know if she's just referring it to the block background characters or all everybody the background it seems that she's referring to all the extras as that interesting you're beneath her you're fucking cockroaches (laughs) another person named dabier tweeted out girl you wouldn't let me sit at the table with the other cast members because i didn't belong there fuck you leah Mm. 
Also seems like a fuck all those cast members too, though. That's but, what I was but thinking. But I, I see why you'd be mad. But it seems like those other cast members didn't stick up for you, sis. Yeah. So, so they're they're bitches too. Let's let's include some other names. But I get you. I get it, you. Okay. My next sentence was literally, "Who are these other cast members that were sitting there that allowed this?" Exactly. <laughs> somebody, somebody after lunch said really wanted them to sit with us but you know leah <laughs> yeah did leah just say you can't sit with us and everyone fiddled or were too afraid to say something yeah but you know you know what that is though this is a somebody has opened up the gates on one person so it don't matter if other people are responsible if you have a story about this one person bitch you better tell it <laughs> it's tell your story about this it's the reckoning of leah michelle we're on her head <laughs> So you got to say what happened. Amber Riley, who also started Glee, seemed to show her support by liking tweets and responding with gifts. Dang, I can't be mad now. I love Amber Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. Sorry, Leah, I've chosen. (laughs) She didn't really say anything, but she's liking the tweets and then she's showing these gifts of like, you know, her reacting. Amber would later say on a podcast, and this is her quote, I'm not going to say Leah Michelle's racist. That's not what I'm saying. That was the assumption because of what's going on right now in the world. And it happened toward a Black person. I'm not going to say that she's racist. And she was trying to say... Is that, that the whole quote? There was a little bit more because they oh, were trying... Bitch. Amber Riley said that bitch was racist. <laughs> they were trying to do some... They were pressing her on it. And they're like, it was kind of cryptic what you were saying. And she was like, no, it really wasn't. And she's like, but this is... Leah... Michelle at the time was pregnant. So they're not trying to pile on. I did know that's where Amber that Riley actually, was doing. Yeah, they didn't. I did notice that this was happening at like a fucked up time for Leah because she was pregnant. I do remember that. That was crazy. That's crazy if that's basically not the whole quote, but the meat of the quote, which is that Amber knows that this is a sensitive time for Leah and she's not calling that girl racist, but she's basically saying, yeah, I'm thinking that whatever they're saying is true. Yeah. If it wasn't true, you would do what everybody else does. Okay. If it isn't true, you, you do one or two lanes. You shut the hell up, meaning you don't react, comment, or speak on the situation. Or you show your support in a, you know, this, I, I just want to um, show some support to my Glee close co-star, Leah Michelle. She never treated me any other way. But this, like, you try to do that whole your testimony about this person. But she literally was liking and reacting to tweets about some shady shit that Leah Michelle did. And that shows like you're going along with it. You either agree or have your own story that you're not willing to tell. You didn't want to outright blast the girl but you basically kind of confirmed that she can definitely be an asshole is what i'm getting yeah she i feel like it mostly was she was not trying to pile on because she even says in there on this pregnant girl like she's pregnant like just leave her be but to be fair though you opened up that <laughs> that crate of worms when you started liking <laughs> shit. And- don't start liking stuff if you don't want to be confronted on it because everybody sees your likes on twitter the public <laughs> I don't know if I would say Leah is outright racist. It seems she considers people that are not in the main cast beneath her. Mm-hmm. It does seem, however, that the people who go 
who got the worst treatment so happened to be Black. So I guess you can make your own conclusion there. She hates Blacks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. But yeah, it definitely doesn't make her look good that you... You were treating the background people like shit. And who's most of their black, black who's the most of their black ground? <laughs> who's mostly in the background is black people or people of color or other people of color. It, yeah, it just don't look right, Michelle. Leah's. Chase Edmondson wrote, I did background on Glee for season three and four. My strongest memory of you was storming out of the Glee classroom set yelling, does anyone have gum? I was standing about 10 feet away from you with gum already in hand. When I said, I do, offering it to you, you just looked at me and said, ew, before walking off. Is this a Negro as well? I looked up Chase Edmondson and he does seem to be white. Okay, well, (laughs) at least this one, she's not a racist. She's just an ass. I don't know. Um, Did you, did you... I mean, did you did you have nasty ass hands or pockets? Did she not see where that gum came out of? Did you have it unwrapped already? I don't know. This seems like such. I'm sorry, Chase. I don't give a fuck about this story. Leah deserved to say that. I don't get. I'm not taking gum from certain people. I don't want to take gum from either. I would have said you to your ass too. Fuck you your ten feet away ass gum, bitch. You don't have to say ew though and walk away like ew, he's less take than the human. Filthy fingered ass gum <laughs> fingers away from me. I'm fucking Leah Michelle. I want main <laughs> cast member gum or no gum at all. Chase, go ahead and meet with Regions and Hendrix and get the hell out of here. Maybe she just didn't like the brand. That too. She was looking for bubblicious, and you came up here with fucking. Five gum. We're sorry, Chase, that your your story's not being validated on this podcast. No, because here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. Everybody has asshole days where you could be a better person than you're being, but you're not being the worst person in the world. I'm sorry. Her saying you to you about not taking your filthy fingered gum is not the worst thing. It's it's an ass story, but it's not on the level of the other. It's just, it's just funny when it's added all onto the same thread on Twitter. Yeah, it just kind of, it's one of those, um, it paints your character stories. Uh-huh. Um, Gerard Canocino, Canocino, who played an alternate on Spring Awakening with Leah, said, you are nothing but a nightmare to me and fellow understudy cast members, you made us feel that we didn't belong. So again, treating the understudies or extras or not the main cast as below you. Uh-uh. I, I don't know, Mr. Joseph. Is it Joseph? Gerard. Okay. Uh, cappuccino, Mr. Mister, Mr. Drink, sir. Your story also is a little too wiggly-waggly for me. <laughs> it seems like it's a pile-on story, too. First of all, you give me no details. You include other people in your stories, whether other Spring Awakening people that were in that thread who confirmed it. And what has made us feel like we didn't belong? I mean, this is, granted, she, st- she still could have been asked, but this is when she was really starting, like, she was on Off-Broadway at the time. May- Did she really think she was hot shit already? I Did think she does, because off these other people, she had already worked on Broadway when she was on Glee. She wasn't a household name, but she was 
a bigger star. Were any other Broadway people talking about her? Is this the only Broadway baby who came back from her past? Uh, I'm not too sure. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, a lot of Broadway chicks are defender. Here's the thing. I'm not a real Leah defender. I really don't care. But I also want stories that really, like, if you want to shit on the woman after like uh, because she's a real bitch and she was really terrible to you because the thing is the people who need to be exposed are the people who are downright terrible from to people um privately and publicly shut down people's opportunities um make them feel small and uh altogether are such bad people that probably don't deserve to get the roles that they do in hollywood those first couple stories i definitely think are terrible stories and um, probably can be validated. But a couple of these stories seem like you just had something to say and you might as well just say how you feel, but also she wasn't the worst person you encountered in your life. But that also goes to show that she, the first stories, I believe, were Black people that she's treating worse. Oh, yes, 100%. That I mean, that I, that does not escape me at all. Heather Morris, ugly actress, tweeted, let me be very clear, hate is a disease in America that we are trying to cure. So I would never wish to spread that to anyone else. With that said, was she unpleasant to work with? Very much so. Heather Morris went through her own thing. Okay. But, um, I mean, that is a uh, first eyewitness account saying, yeah, that bitch was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you got to take it for what it is. Like, oh, yeah, she Abigail Breslin, who played Chanel number five on Scream Queens, like, Tweet. Abigail Breslin? She liked tweets and one of them said, not everyone agreeing with something fell off about Leah Michelle. Where have you all been? I've been saying this for years. Which I wouldn't look too much into likes, but when you're a celebrity, it says a lot without saying, without having to say it. People Wait, can see your likes. She, okay, she liked a tweet saying that basically... Now what? everyone's agreeing with it when for years I've been saying it. Oh, yeah, Abigail don't fuck with Leah Michelle either. <laughs> Damn. Um, Leah, they, <laughs> I would feel a lot more vindicated in like really taking Leah down, but <laughs> I felt bad that this bitch was pregnant. I don't. But just because, I mean, just you, because you open your legs does not make you special. I'm sorry. Oh, the thing is, I'm glad you said that because you have said that off camera tons of times before. Yeah, I I don't buy it. How you feel? I I don't. I'm not gonna treat her. I mean, if she's going to be a bitch around people and treat them unkind, imagine how she's gonna treat her daughter or raise her daughter to be. No, I mean, I or son. I think she had a son. I just don't like to add stress into women's pregnancies because you know that's how people. I get get that, but she had her baby. It's fine. Her baby's fine. Yeah, she named it Ever. You said what? She named her baby Ever. Okay, that's a choice. That is a choice. Uh, happily ever, bitch. You better have them. Another one. 30 Rock actor Keith Powell, who played Twofer, said Leah Michelle is a terrible human and has said terrible things to many different types of people, including racist microaggressions to slash about Black people. And I don't think these two have ever worked together, but he just must have met her somewhere and was not a fan. Mm. 
No, she is a terrible person who, I mean, I don't, I, I was talking about at the time when I saw all this going down, I felt bad, but you really can't, when your come up and comes up and you can't choose, it just happens <laughs> when you talk like that, it just, no one tells you when you're going to pay the piper that you just starts paying. I just don't know about some of these other stories. I agree. Uh, very, she's very racist light. It seems like um, very. What do they have today to, for making up these stories? Are you saying no, they're making I'm up these stories? I'm not saying all of them. I just think that there are, some of these are weak. The strongest stories against her are the ones with black people <laughs> is all I'm saying. It's all these other stories that are just like diva behavior but these other the first two the other ones i mean they're they're very condemning stories i don't think she's a good person i just don't like those other stories you told me (laughs) the fucking uh understudy one and the gum one i just think this one is just confounding because it's such a direct like you're telling us how you feel about her but not exactly why you feel that way it seems like it was a summary of what everybody's saying more of anything if they had never worked together and you don't really state how you know she's really a racist because i mean the other people does he have to i think i think it helps um i in this case if he was the only person who tweeted that and you didn't get the other black people telling their testimonies do you think it's fair to just say outright she's a terrible racist bitch no, in but no he, context. he is supporting other people who are saying this. Oh, no, I agree. I think th- that's why I said it feels like more of a summary tweet and not really a personal experience tweet. OK, well, let's keep going. Keep going. Tell me more about her. Like, I'm not on Leah Michelle's side. I just think you're just her defense attorney, I guess. No, not really. I just I just think that it seems like she just doesn't like black people and she doesn't like background people. She doesn't like <laughs> black backgrounds. Okay, Aviva Drescher from Real Housewives of New York said, you were once very unkind to me, so I'm not surprised by your behavior. You shouldn't judge others before looking in the mirror. That one I'll give you is weak. But the gum chewing one ain't weak? No. That's weak as hell. I've told you. Next time Fuck you out of here with that gum. Next time you offer me something, I'm going to be ill and walk away from you, like not even treat you like a human. Jose, you walk away from me all the fucking time. What do you <laughs> mean? What the fuck do you mean? That's <laughs> just about my interest in the new conversation. Just, you like, you've left me places. Like, what are you talking about? You're going to walk away and not treat me like a person. I have been treated like dirt from you. Time On this time episode, Jose gets canceled. I'm just saying. But okay, yeah. Like I said, I'm. I'm I, it seems like she's an asshole. Um, to black people but some of these other ones just seem like complaints that they just been wanting to talk about her william <laughs> belly who was a contestant on rupaul's drag race treated willem tell me what willem said leah treated me so subhuman i left the set of glee past the popcorn not really adding anything i believe it <laughs> france model plastic martyr says at the 2010 emmy she went to the restroom and she was washing her hands and she re- went to reach for the paper towel or the soap or whatever. And Leah was Leah. in her way, talking to her friend, making fun of people's outfits. And Plastic says, excuse me. And Leah responds is, 
excuse me, and looks at her friend and then back at Plastic Martyr and says, excuse you, you're in the woman's bathroom. Plastic felt humiliated. She was in a restroom full of other women and felt like oh, they were- Oh, is this like somebody that's trans or-, or, or... Yeah, trans model. Oh, fuck. And felt like now all these other women were staring at her, maybe even pointing at her. She also felt like Leah knew she was trans and was in, because she was in the process of transitioning and felt like at the time she was not fully passable. And it was just a way to humiliate her. And she said, we are in the women's bathroom. Excuse you, you're in the woman's bathroom. Well, I mean, like I said before, she's definitely racist white and and now she's transphobic fool. (laughs) Because if that's your... I mean, like I said, your testimony is your testimony. Some of these people just have like really small ones and mm-hmm. very supportive ones. But yeah, those, I mean, that's saying something. That's that's fucked up. At first, I was I was I was gonna say, damn, that sounded like me when it when you first said uh in the bathroom making fun of people's outfits. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you know me through and through, I'm a shit talker. So I mean, I could be looking like shit, but I just be like. Did you see that girl with that? But yeah, all that other shit, uncalled for, unnecessary, Uh and disgusting. In 2013, Leah was working with Elle magazine for a cover shot. It's alleged she kicked a shoe at the fashion director and made her cry and was very unpleasant. God damn. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. I know Leah Leah Michelle didn't hate Black people before. (laughs) She hates us. Now she said... Every time I try to support the Negroes, you see what they did? <laughs> she said I tried to send out a tweet of support and ended up on the exposed list. Okay. I can't get do you it. say some of these are weak, like, testimonies or whatever. But when they're all on the same Twitter reply and it's all going, like, <laughs> celebrity after celebrity after background actor or whatever... It speaks a lot. Like everybody that has come in contact with her is has something to say negatively about her. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie. If you put if you put the whole portfolio together, I mean, you got a collection, hundred <laughs> percent. I agree with you on that. I was just saying, if you take individual stuff, some people are just piling on because they can and they have a story. Like like I said, Samantha, I feel like came out with her story because it was semi-related to the tweet that Leah Michelle put out trying to support Black people, knowing that in real life she is not supportive of Black people. And this was a time period in which she could get her story out and be heard. So that was the perfect time for Samantha. Some of these other stories, like Spring Awakening, Glee Gum shit, it's like nothing was stopping you from telling everybody that Leah Michelle was a bitch about those stories. It, it was just like a, a pop. So, yes, if you put the whole thing together, it it shows Leah Michelle has a very high self-important. She she she's very she feels very. um She has a very inflated ego. You don't think. And them? she's very rude and she's very um discriminatory. That that's what you get from all those stories all together. I was just being an asshole telling you how I felt about them individually. But yes, altogether, it doesn't paint her as a nice, kind person. And it doesn't paint her as somebody who you would want to work with, which kind of seems with her decline in work, especially ensemble work, that a lot of this is, it rings true. But 
Okay, so you said they could have spoke up earlier to other people. Like, not spoke up earlier, but I feel like these are stories that weren't, like, groundbreaking into knowing how terrible of a person Leah Michelle was. Like, those other stories of her calling people cockroaches and not valuing people's uh, airtime and uh, talking about them as they're shooting their scenes behind their backs, those are very much more detriment to actors psyche and them being confident and getting jobs and feeling safe in the workplace than those other ones that's all i don't like it no i mean (laughs) it's all shitty shit but (laughs) i don't think they're the worst things in the world about her like those other stories that's it but yeah i think it shows a pattern of her abusing her power to these extras who could not stand up to themselves because they're not going to go and be like, hey, the main star of your show is being mean to me. Who do you think they're going to get rid of? Leah Michelle or this extra who doesn't have any lines? Oh, I agree. I still would have said something after I was done being an extra. But I, like I said, that's just me. I still think if she was a shitty person. I just don't care about those stories as much as I care about her being discriminatory towards people. I care about your stories, guys. I'm sorry, gum man. <laughs> I'm sorry I did not inflate your story to the best of its ability. Samantha Rare would later say more in interviews, saying as soon as she introduced herself to Leah, it was clear that Leah did not like her. She does on to say, quote, it was after I did my first performance that it that's when it started. The silent treatment, the stare downs, the looks, the comments under her breath, the weird passive aggressiveness. It's all built up. Samantha says when she did speak up, no one really paid attention and just shrugged it off. And she felt the environment of, oh, Leah's just being Leah. Let Leah be a monster and left her unchecked. Samantha- yeah, that's, fuck, fuck Leah for all that. I, that's why I'm saying. Like, Leah is to blame definitely in the sunshine. So what's it called? Spotlight should definitely be put on her for these types of stories. But also... Ryan Murphy and all those other people who allowed her to do that type of behavior because this was season six so uh-huh. it must have been ingrained she she was doing that shit for people like you said for years so yeah a lot of people are to blame including Leah. Samantha says during the scene when she was off camera Leah got mad at her because Leah felt like she was goofing off or something Samantha thought it was weird because the director or no one else seemed to have a problem with Samantha After the scene was over, Leah walked to the middle of the stage and did a come here gesture. And Samantha felt like it was how a mother would tell a child to come here to scold them. Leah then demanded that Samantha come to her right now. And Samantha said no, she was not going to walk to the middle of the stage to be berated and talked down to in front of everyone. She already felt humiliated by being in a crowd with experts and dancers. So she was not going to go up on stage where it would be worse. Yeah, that's weird as fuck, Leah. Why are you trying to direct me? I can just see Leah on the stage with this fucking weird ass smile on her face and say, come here. And like, just to like tell her off. And it, that story right there pissed me off so bad. Like she thinks she's this big, bad girl who's going to tell everyone how to do their job. And I, okay. It really pisses me off. Like I can be mean. Everyone can be mean and everything. But when you are using your meanness or whatever, or you're being and complete asshole and bully to someone beneath you it just like really gets under my skin amen <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny i <laughs> i mean i don't like her but i see what you're talking about on some of these episodes where like i'd be so passionate about how much i fucking hate some of these people 
And I'm definitely, <laughs> I am definitely experiencing the other side now where I don't like this person, but you really don't. No, I, I was fucking watching her interviews and it was pissing me off because she comes off so fucking fake. <laughs> you fucking hate Leah. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, she's but this right. story because this, yeah, this that's I that's yes. When people know that they have a certain privilege, and you use it to berate people or to what's that word? Um, be very condescending. Yeah, that irks my nerves, especially when I'm standing my ground and you're still trying to push it like you're you're my boss or mother. And I- and. I'm so glad that she did. Samantha spoke out the way that she needed to, because obviously she was not supported on set properly either. And I, as a person, like if I don't like someone, but we're on the same level, I can be very condescending. I can be very rude. Like, you know, I'm very petty when I don't like someone, but it's it's never, (laughs) (laughs) it's never in a place where I'm going to like someone who can't speak up, someone who, you know, I would never do that. I feel like that is so sick to do that. Like you're taking, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cruel. It's you're humiliating someone for the joy of it. You think you're hot shit and you're not. Yeah. That whole, yeah. People do get it like a sick kick yeah. out of humiliating people. And that's that, just not. That little gesture of come here. Oh, oh that pissed me off. And yeah, I wasn't like, even there to me- see it. Let me, yeah, let me separate you from the crowd and, and tell you off like a mother in front of the crowd at the same time. And there's a reason why Leah walked to the center of the stage. Center of the stage, bitch, if you don't get back here where we were just hanging out. <laughs> so Leah said she would get her fired and call Ryan Murphy to come and fire Samantha. Samantha didn't think Ryan was aware of the situation, just Leah trying to scare her. But she felt nervous for a week, think she was going to get fired. Afterwards, Samantha tried to clear the air at Leah, so she tried to speak up, and Leah told her to shut her mouth and that she didn't deserve to have that job. She said Leah talked about how she had reign over the show, and Samantha was pretty much willing to give that to her. She was, you know, she didn't want any problems. She's the main star, whatever. But at this point, there was really nothing to say to Leah. She was just abusing her power. And the shit in the wig comment came later during a cast screening on lunch break. Samantha had laughed watching a scene, and Leah said she wishes she could shit in her wig. Samantha says some people laughed and some people gasped, but Samantha was embarrassed, and that was the whole point Leah was trying to make was to bully her and humiliate her. Samantha says no one spoke up, but later said, sorry, that's just the way it is. Damn. I mean, I'm glad Leah got exposed, but I want some of these other people exposed, too, because it's not just people don't. Leah doesn't become a Leah by herself is what I'm saying. Leah gets empowered by assholes or weak-minded people as well who who let people like Leah take over. So as much as I love Leah getting her comeuppance and getting her her just do in all the bullshit she put out into the world, the people in production behind the scenes deserve to be exposed as well because they let that go on for years as far as the testimony scene. Because, I mean, if she's been doing this shit since Spring Awakening, then she had to be doing it from season one of Glee on. And six years in, she definitely had the juice because not only is she outwardly being an asshole bully 
uh, diva, she's doing it so openly that she has support that people are laughing in her peanut gallery. People are people are saying to the black woman who's being disrespected and dismissed and not heard. Oh, that's just the way it is. No, that's not the way it is. It's only the way it is when you let it be that way. And that makes me know that Ryan Murphy was definitely behind this. The way that you hear that Ryan Murphy is so involved in his uh, series, as well as the fact that he brings back repeat collaborators, actors, collaborators, whatever the fuck you want to say. You got to know what's going on in your set. You have to know a certain you, you have to know what type of stars that you employ and their personality types and how they treat people. And it seems like he didn't stop working with her until she got exposed. So, so you were you were knowing you knew of her behavior and let you let it go on because she was your star, she was your main draw until you got those other series in which you got to employ higher caliber actors and you didn't need a Leah Michelle anymore. Yeah. But fuck Ryan Murphy, too, low-key. I hear he's disrespectful of queer people half the time, too. He uses them to get a buck, but then when he doesn't usually pay them their just due or put them on the screen as as he says that he did before. I don't know. There are all those glee people, not all of them, but a lot of those glee people didn't treat a lot of people right. And it seems like Leah's on this list, top of the list, (laughs) low-key. She's the top (laughs) fucker-upper. After all this and everyone coming together to finally speak out against Leah Michelle, Leah tries to contact Samantha directly, but Samantha is not going to give Leah her personal contact info. Mm. So Leah did release a really long apology, pretty much saying she doesn't remember saying those specific comments and she would never judge anyone by their background or color of their skin. And she doesn't know if it was her privileged position Mm -hmm. and perspective to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times, or whether it was her immaturity or her just being unnecessarily difficult. And she wants to apologize for her behavior and pain, which she caused. And she hopes she can be a better role model for her child because she was pregnant at the time. That was a shitty apology statement. Yeah, I took out the most, like, the main part but it goes on and on and on well yeah because i mean if you would have said she directly admitted and apologized and that's one thing but you said in the statement she says she doesn't remember saying some of those things mm-hmm. you've already started off on the wrong foot girl you've already fucked up so yeah you gave an apology in which you really didn't admit anything and then try to blame it on immaturity and you're privileged, but bitch, you were almost, you were in your mid to late 20s in Glee, wasn't she? Yes, okay. So, so what are we talking about? When I'm being a bitch at 27, I know I'm being a 27-year-old bitch. I mean, it just is what it is. I would never say, I'm not going to wait two years later when I get spo- gets exposed for my 27 shitty things I said and say, oh my gosh, it was just the immaturity. I hadn't entered my 30s yet. You know, she, she plays a teenager or whatever on Glee so Mm -hmm. I just thought not even thinking about it when I first heard the story she was a teenager who cares like I'm one of those people who statue of limitations on those types of things she she could have grown from it you know that high schoolers are are played by 30 year olds I know I should have known better (laughs) and a lot of these allegations of her being a mean girl were from her Glee years when Leah was 23 to 29-ish, depending on the month. And you got to think about it. Glee was at, I mean, like you said, she was a name in Broadway, which is a very important field. 
But when she was on Glee, she was at the height of her popularity. Yeah. So I definitely see that get that getting into your mind, inflating your ego. If you're already one of those types of girls who thinks you're the, the shit and then you're the star of this TV show. Oh, yeah. If you're already one of those types of girls that already that just that just makes you that times a thousand. You yeah. really don't treat people like they're anybody but disposable. She was the big fish on Glee. And I think she was talented and lucky enough to be on Broadway as a child. So she felt like she was an HBIC running that place and thinking mm-hmm. she could do whatever she wanted to do. She was a prodigy. <laughs> I also think it is disgusting that people did not put a stop to her behavior. It seems like for years she was just being this monster on set. No higher up thought to get an HR person involved, get a training program on how to treat her coworkers or more so the extras on set. I found myself listening to the Outcast song Roses on repeat while reading this because <sighs> Leah was walking around like her shit didn't stink. And it's such a shame that mm. it didn't seem to be corrected, but somewhat rewarded. She really smells like boo, boo, boo. <laughs> yeah. That's my jam. But yes, uh, yeah, that's why, yes, yeah, when, yeah, Leah's trash, uh, but she had some garbage men helping her as well. And, and yeah, I, and to be honest, honestly, after uh, the first few seasons, Rachel Berry was not that intricate to the story. Did they really think that the, she was that important that they just let they just let their the mental health of all their actors go down by keeping her around? That's crazy. That's what um, I know on a lot of like the few things I do know about Glee is after a few seasons, they like replace a lot of the original cast with new ones. They were trying to transition like all oh, these people are trying to leave us. So let me give you the other cast of nice people. Yeah. So I was like, why? They could just ship out Leah right there. Because she would, at that point in time, they could have even just confronted the bitch. Because here's the thing. Yes, she was uh, the star of the show. And she was at the height of her popularity. But if you, in season one or season two, sit this bitch down in the trailer and say, hey, We've been hearing the conversations you've been having, a lot of complaining from these background actors from some of your scene partners, blah, 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 blah. And things aren't going well and they're going out and they're saying that you're doing this and that. And we might have to make changes to your role if this continues. She's not fucking leaving Glee in season two. She knows she ain't got no juice. She knows that Ryan Murphy put her on. I mean, they didn't even sit the girl down and have a conversation, a stern conversation with her. They just let her go on and and, and get bigger and bigger and bigger with that and behavior. That's what's so like astonishing to me is that definitely they didn't even make it look like they were putting in the effort to protect people or care about anybody but Leah and Michelle, obviously. No. And this is probably one of our lesser scandals when it comes to everything. But if everyone that comes into contact with you has a problem with you, maybe it's time for therapy. Maybe it's time for a reality check, or maybe it's time she stopped being cast of things. I hope moving forward, if she is cast of things, they let her know straight up, you won't be a mean girl or you're out. And people that have seen what happened to her, if she does exhibit any of that type of behavior, they speak out as soon as possible because they see that it would only just add to her former pattern of behavior. 
And it, we just hope that other production companies and other behind uh, other other people behind the scenes of any other projects aren't like this because when you let somebody like Leah Michelle do shit like that in the workplace and make other people think make make other people around them think it's okay, your number one the number one thing you're doing is breeding that type of behavior. Uh, you're you're basically rewarding that type of behavior and breeding it to come up more and more. More people are going to be discriminatory towards queer people and people of color, and it's just not going to go well. And then the other thing you do is the people who are being silenced in that workplace or in that environment see that it's okay, and they get even more compounded, and they shelter themselves more and silence themselves more because they're seeing that, hey, this looks like it's accepted and people are speaking out and she's still not being done and she's getting more popular and it's just not working out for me. It's just bad all around. Yeah. I, there's just something so sick about having to humiliate people in a less powerful position than you. When you're already at the top, like bitch, you don't have to throw stones. You don't like, she should be so humble. And so like teaching people like, like a mentor type of thing. Like, why are you being this fucking horrible human being? Yeah. The fallout of all of this was she lost her HelloFresh sponsorship and everyone realizing she is just a horrible, unpleasant person to be around. I hope when she is on set from now on, she is on her best behavior. So hopefully she can take something from this and learn from it. I will say she does come off as very fake in interviews. Like I said, she has released an album of lullabies called Forever, which is just covers of songs. And if you like people can regular people can't listen to it. She has subliminal messaging. (laughs) If you like her voice, it's just in the background. It just covers the popular songs. And she has been back doing plays, Spring Awakening, which will premiere on HBO on May 3rd. I think the HBO special is about the behind the scenes of a play. She's still dealing with some fallout since all her Instagram comments are limited. Yes, people ain't forgot. When you people limited their, their comments, that means people are still saying shit about the stuff they don't want nobody to see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, though, she's hoping that this will work out because she's starting from the beginning of what really made her pop is her place. She's hoping she can gain favor with her acting and singing abilities, and hopefully that will make her more likable again. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm rooting for her downfall. I'm rooting for her not to be racist and transphobic. That's so. Um, but I really don't care for Leah Michelle either way anymore. This ain't 2010 no more. <laughs> yeah, I just seeing her interviews like infuriated me to no end. <laughs> I, I just she's a she's so phony. Phony, big fat <laughs> phony. <laughs> It also has, I love American Horror Story, but I, it, it really left a bad taste in my mouth with Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Supporting like, that. Like, even if I'm, he says he doesn't, he had to hear a murmur or something. He, of course, these Hollywood people don't say it, but they know, especially when it's happening on the set of their own, your first, not your first hit, but your like first solo hit really kind of, sort of, not really. 
I just don't, I don't see him not knowing. And this unfortunately isn't the first time I've heard Ryan Murphy either turning his, like turning the other way once people aren't being treated right or not necessarily treating the people he employs to the the best of his ability. And it's like, also, I thought you were going to actually get into some of the stories are dearly departed Naya, uh, Naya Riviera. Rivera, I can't pronounce her last name, that she said about Leah, but I guess it doesn't need to be said since everybody's talked about it. Yeah, I mean, do you want us to get into it? It was just uh, No, more... it's fine because I, I barely remember it. I just know that they did have drama. Like, they didn't really care for each other either. What she wrote in her book, I saw the comments. It was just more stuff that I guess you wouldn't take seriously. <laughs> Shut up. Since you're her defense attorney for this episode, a Leah apologist. You finally get an episode where you really hate somebody and I don't show as much hate as you do. And now I'm their defender. That's because how I, on, didn't, on the Alan I didn't like two and a half stories and all of a sudden I'm defending Leah. All I said <laughs> is that they just needed some more context. It's ew, like, guy, ew. First of all, that's fucking hilarious. In fact, I'm, I'm going to ask for some gum just so I can say that shit. But yes, like I said, when you put all the stories together, of course they're bad. But I'm just saying story by story, if I had to do a ranking, I was just giving my ranking. Okay. <laughs> Gums at the bottom of my yeah, shoe. <laughs> pretty much what Naya said was she got jealous of her and by the end of the season six or whatever they weren't speaking. And she tried to, anytime Naya would complain, she felt, Leah felt like there was a complaint about her. And I mean, it was, it wasn't really anything. Oh, so that's what you're saying as her defense attorney. No. Wow. I, wow. I just, Leah didn't really do anything to Naya. Okay. But you're putting right. the limitations on. No, I'm not doing anything, sir. You're your own woman. You're your own man. You're your own person. You are your <laughs> own creation entity. And I heard what you said very loud and clear. So it's okay. I'm sorry, guys. I wish that Jose would defend against the people more. Obviously, he loves Leah too much. Gaslighter. Denier. <laughs> People was like, people are using gaslight too much. I was just like, because people don't know the definition. I love the song Gaslighter by the Chicks, which leads us to our next segment. We do like to end every episode on a positive note with something we want to recommend. A media we want to recommend, talk Mm. about. Do you want to go first? No, you can go first. I went first last time. Did you? I did. (sighs) I'll go first then. Me going first. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pause. Hold on. I need to think of one. Okay. So my media for this week is going to be the podcast. And I I don't know if I said this one already. I might have. Mm. Where do we begin with Esther Perel? I don't know. Maybe. Where do we begin? She's a couples therapist. And they get a a one-time counseling session. And it's just so interesting to hear, you know, these couples, this usually married couple, talk about their problems and her give them some therapy. Okay. And it gets really interesting. She also has another one called 
how's work and it's about people and work relationships. So like a boss and, but it's usually like a mother and a son who work together or a couple who work together. Like, how do they separate that? How do they keep that? I just like listening to therapy, I guess. You do? Uh Uh-huh. You like to listen to people fighting and then people getting through their fighting. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's because I like people fighting and I like to see how people fight and why they fight this way. Mm Mm-hmm. So with therapy, with Esther especially, she like calls it out. Just how she talks. I don't even know how to explain it because she does it so well where she crushes them on something and they give like, you know, a very simple answer. Like it makes me mad. And she'll be like, because like she just says because and they like have to keep going and keep going until like they just bomb of it. And then she gets you with that. She's because like, when I was five, he took my exactly. <laughs> she gets you with like when you were a kid. How did your parents um, <laughs> treat you when you did this? And then it's like, and now your wife is doing this. It's like, damn, Esther, damn. And <laughs> sometimes I just I li- I've listened to her TED talks. I've I think she's a very smart woman. I think she she even sometimes in her podcast, like you know. She'll speak on, like, she'll stop the podcast for a minute and speak and say, like, at this moment, I felt like I was miss, like, I did something wrong. Or at this moment, I felt like I came off too harsh. And I I really like that. Like, she can call herself out. She can mm-hmm. learn from it. She can, I, I just, I think she's a good person. And a lot of these times when you see, like, these help, these helpful people, these therapists out there, they, you know, become a little scummy, like Dr. Phil. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and she's not like that, I don't feel like. I think she comes off very nice. And she was on the Red Talk table, but I have yet to see it. Okay, I might have to check. That'd be the one I check out because, you know, I don't know if I could listen to a whole therapy podcast. But I do like that. I like that not only is she can give therapy to others, but also analyze herself and what she may or may not be doing right or more deeper reflection to her psyche when she says things. I kind of like that. Yeah, there's another one. It's called Your Mental Breakdown. Um, it's not Esther's. It's I it's forget. mine. It's my <laughs> mental breakdown. I forget the therapist's name, but there's oh Doug. There's Doug and Meredith, and Doug has a his is different because his is actually like a weekly person who comes there and they talk about stuff. And they called him Drew, but I don't think that's his real name. And it's just so interesting to listen to a therapy, like listen to how they do this. And Meredith is another therapist on there. And she's like, why did you do this? Why did you say that? And they discuss it, like how the therapy, why they chose to do it this way or that way. Season two, I wasn't a huge fan of just because I didn't like the <laughs> the patient, but. Damn. Like it was nothing against them. I just like the first Drew better. Mm-mm-mm. Supposed to be there for the people, not the people. I think I'm there for the therapist. Well, obviously you hated the patient. <laughs> I don't know why. I The first episode I tuned in of season two, I was like, just not feeling this one. <laughs> but I'm, I might give it another chance. You should. That's mine. Oh my goodness. Imagine if me and you went to a therapy together. Mm, I mean, it'd be all right. I think I've gotten some, I think I've gotten over any issues I used to have about you. I would go to therapy with anyone. So you would just make up problems for us to try to solve? No, I don't think make up problems, but I think like 
What do we have to, let's talk about it right now. What do we have to work out in our relationship, Jose? Huh. I feel that sometimes you're not that much of a sharer. God damn it. Don't be putting my personal business out. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of times I tell you my whole life and you breeze over yours. Bro, and you just give me a summary. That's what everybody says about me. <laughs> Esther, are you listening? Please, can you give us their... <laughs> I'm more of a like a soundboard person, but that's uh-huh. just because. What about Katrina? What is bro, bothering Katrina? But, but to be fair, out of like, you're one of three people who like, but you know what has gone on and what happens in my life, though, right? Exactly, but sometimes it's like if you need a shoulder, I have two. You don't always have to carry the load on yourself. Yeah, I am. Take that load about off. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, sometimes damn. with you, like, you know, you hold it all in until it's like a month later and then you tell me about it. It's like, we're, you know, sometimes I don't even have to help, but I could be there too, mm. you know, just to vent to. And I feel like you feel it's uh, more of a, a bother to people. Yeah, that's just kind of how, yeah, that's just based off how I grew, grew up. Mm-hmm. But I shouldn't be surprised. Of course, you could call me out on this. <laughs> Yeah, imagine if we had this on therapy, though. It would be so much better. No, it wouldn't, because then I'd have to actually talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Our new podcast, Jose and Katrina do therapy. (laughs) Smash hit crowds every time. (laughs) Oh, okay. Is it my turn now? I got to share. Yes, you have to. Okay. Okay, so I, for, I have been thinking about my grandparents, um, I have a grandmother on my mother's side, and then I have grandparents on my father's side, a grandmother and a grandfather. I know you're like, where's your other grandfather on your mother? I don't know that. I, who, who? Fuck that man. Anyway, I was thinking about them a lot in these last few weeks, just because they're getting older, and I love them very much, and they've taught me to so much about myself and they've been there and a lot of, I think I've already expressed this, but besides my mother, like the, where I got my musical taste is really from my grandparents and my grandmother, like the music that they used to listen to back in their day that they kept listening to influenced me. And it's a lot of the same things that I I listen to to this day. So basically the first song, you know, cause you brought it up last episode, which was, I hope you dance. Oh. Leanne Warmack, Womack, I think. Either way, I had heard that song when I was really young on the radio when I was with my grandparents, and it was a song that they obviously had listened to a lot and played a lot, and I loved it from then on. And then when I got older, it was, of course, replayed in The Family That Praise, which is one of our favorite movies to quote. <laughs> yes. And then one day it was on, We it was me my grandmother and my sister Trish and we were all in the car and it had came on again and she was like you know your grandfather whenever he listens to the song he thinks of you too and I was just like so emotional I don't think I showed it at that moment but I was so emotional because I love that song so much and it would mean so much that of course you know your grandparents wish you well but that he would attach us to such like a beautiful song that he honestly hopes that we live a good life and that we're able to do the things that 
we want to do. It, it just really touched my heart and, you know, they've been on my mind. So uh, that's one part of my media. It's just so nice too, though, that anytime that song would come on, he thinks of you guys. I know when he, she said, and we were like, I think it was in my twenties when she said that. So I had gone all these years of loving the song, not even know that like there was a, a real, real personal aspect to it. So I thought that was sweet. And then uh, the other side is my grandmother who listened to all types of music, but her stuff was really R&B. And the song that I attribute to her is Get Here by Aletta Adams. Very sweet song, more of a like a romantic song, but I think about it more in the familiar aspect where it's like, I know for a fact my grandmother will do anything in this world to help her child or her grandchildren out if they need it. And she's shown that time and time again. So when I was in Vincenzo, I got in trouble when I was in college and I was getting in trouble or high school, or if I didn't have enough money to do this, if she had it, she would give it to me. Now, just like you said, I have a problem with sharing and then therefore a problem with asking for things. So, uh, Sometimes she would have to like dig it out of me and like grill me on it. But she's always been one of the sweetest women I know. Um, always. Her number has never changed. You call her for anything. She will do it. She'll do it for people who aren't even family, which unfortunately has bit her in the back because not all people are good people. Yeah. But um Get Here is such a beautiful song. Oletta Adams sings it so beautifully that I think I almost cry almost every other time because I think about my grandmother. So that's just another media that just really made me think about them. And they're always on my mind, always on my brain. And they're the sweetest humans I know besides my mother, of course. And they've just really influenced me and really helped me at different points in my life. And so when I ever hear these songs, it makes me think of them. And and I just know that they know I love them, but it really, it really just drives the point home, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so nice to have those songs and connections to them. Definitely. Sorry. I I was trying to drink something real fast and went down the wrong pipe. And Esther Perel (laughs) says asking for help is not a bad thing. Yeah. Tell that to, tell that to me at any stage Uh that's I feel like a lot of people a lot of people yeah I try to get better with age you know uh, what closed mouths don't get I mean and I've always believed in that saying because my mother has believed in that saying closed mouths don't get fed so I try not to uh let too much time pass before needs are not met because bitch some gotta shake (laughs) love it that is our episode, unless you wanted to add anything else. No, thank you, Jose, for really being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, if you did like this episode, rate us five stars, leave us a review, find us on our socials. Our Instagram is Savior Sorry, spelled like just like the podcast. Katrina runs that, and she does a wonderful job there. Oh. Our email where you can give us suggestions on what to do, or really you can give us suggestions anywhere. Send us your media, send us something you want us to talk about. It is saveyoursorry at gmail.com, spell just like the podcast. Our Twitter is saveyoursorry, but the your is spelled you are. 
And Jose runs that. He does a beautiful job. <laughs> uh, I think that's all of them. If I miss one, they're in the description. Oh, yeah, that's all of them. Um, if you don't want to be canceled, don't butt into shit in people's wigs. And how about you be a halfway decent person? Fuck you, Leah. That mm-hmm. is our episode. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. It's been real. <laughs> Bye. Whew, that just went rough. So. Catch my breath. <laughs> Catch my breath. Okay.